There's a report from Fox News that two men arrested with 150,000 fentanyl pills, which, of course, fentanyl kills, uh, this uh, uh, in California, have been released from custody on their own recognizance as a result of a court order from a judge following a risk assessment. 150,000 fentanyl pills. By the way, fentanyl is, what, 100 times stronger than morphine? It's, um, it's, it's, it's a cancer patient uh, thing, you know, sometimes utilized as, as a patch. I, I don't knock opioids. And the Supreme Court doesn't either. I, I mean, here's a decision that really did not get enough talking about. The win for doctors when it comes to pain meds is absolutely huge. The fentanyl problem is specific uh, to, to uh, fake fentanyl uh, and, and uh, things coming out of China that come through the border. A guy's got 150,000 pills of fentanyl. Mother needs to go to jail. And what I would do, if let's say they, let's say they were from Mexico, or you can pick another nation, pick pick a nation, pick any nation, pretty sorry. Let's say they were from the UK. That way, no one can accuse me of of just yelling about brown people or something because people are crazy. You come to the United States and you've got one hundred fifty thousand fentanyl pills. We return you to the UK and we spread the one hundred fifty thousand pills all across the country. You figure out what to do with them. Just as a lesson. Don't allow that stuff to get to the U.S. You come from Nicaragua. You've got 100,000 pills. We send you back to Nicaragua, even if we have to use a parachute. And then we drop the 100,000 pills. You all figure out what to do with them. Got to start treating nations with the level of respect they treat us. And me, I want to have good relationships with neighbors. I'm a big believer in building up Central America uh, via trade. We should be working on this aggressively. But you're not going to treat us well. We don't treat you well. Watch how things change when it comes to the border. But when it comes to the, to the pills, um, the U.S. Supreme Court siding with doctors. A 9 nothing decision. That's unanimous, folks. You had these two guys who ruled their trials were unfair because jurors were not required to consider whether the two convicted doctors had good faith reasons to believe the numerous opioid prescriptions were medically valid. So what happens is, is that doctors live in fear. And what doctors live in fear of is, is uh, the DEA. They've got somebody who, who's in pain, they prescribe pain meds. Now let's say that person who gets prescribed the pain meds then goes about selling the pain meds. They'll come after the doctor. You're overprescribing. And then the doctor says, you know what? You know what? I'm never prescribing a pain pill again. I'm done. I'm out. I'm out of the business. And then people who are actually in pain can't get any meds. And there are people out there who love this stuff, who cheer this stuff. I consider them ghoulish bastards. You can't cheer the idea of people living in pain. 
We are so much better off as a society because we have these pain meds, because we're able to get people to be able to live quasi-normal or very normal or absolutely normal lives because they're able to manage their pain. Somebody else is abusing the pill, so grandma has to suffer is an unbelievably ridiculous, pathetic argument, but one that is truly American. We have somebody trying to fly into the United States and they put a bomb in their shoes. Now all of a sudden, I have to take off my shoes every time I get on a plane. Nope, no one from that nation, I, or, or, or I shouldn't say that nation, no one like him is allowed to fly again, or at least for 10 years. Watch how it stops. I am discussing being aggressive to an argument. Being aggressive about how we handle things. Now, the case of the shoe bomber, uh, we, we should be clear. We shouldn't pretend that we don't know uh, history. Richard Reed was British. You might have forgotten uh, his, his name. If you had no one from London... Coming to the U.S. for a decade, people would say, man, don't screw with the U.S. when it comes to shoes. You watch what would happen in those countries before they allowed people on a plane. But me and you and my, and my parents, my 84-year-old father, wouldn't be taking off shoes like, like we're common criminals or schmucks. I'm a, I'm a man with a theory. You can't deny that the theory has got a point. Same thing about the theory uh, regarding, um, you know, how we deal with people who allow drugs in uh, the border illegally. Because that guy did something doesn't mean that I should suffer or you should suffer. And because somebody goes about selling their pills or because a doctor misprescribes or purposefully overprescribes because they're in on, on on the deal they're just canning out the pills that can happen i'm not arguing that there shouldn't be uh something done about that i'm arguing that it shouldn't stop my grandmother or your grandmother or yourself or your kid from being able to deal with their pain and that's what we've done in the united states we have absolutely told people too bad for you and it's gross so the 9 nothing decision wrote that once the doctors produced evidence that they were authorized to dispense drugs like opioids, prosecutors needed to prove they knowingly or intentionally acted in an unauthorized manner. This is an important decision because it states to the DEA, you ain't that special. You have been engaged in terrorizing doctors. You've been engaged in putting people in pain and creating fear. And liking the idea that the deck was stacked against medical professionals. I don't argue that there can't be bad doctors out there. There's bad everything out there. There's bad doctors. There's bad priests. There's bad politicos. There, there's bad uh, convenience store owners. There's bad everything. There's bad producers out there. Yeah, there are. Oh, the worst. I just want to see how long we can let the silence last right there. But that doesn't mean you stop other people from doing their job. So it's an excellent decision. Very, very happy about it. In the realm of excellent decisions, this one might be awful. As is reported by News Nation, 
60,000 Army reservists and Guard members could be dismissed. So the story goes that you've got uh, 40,000 Army National Guard uh, members. Um, and uh, when you consider reservists, you got about 60,000 people who have not received the COVID-19 vaccine, no matter the mandate. So the question is, what happens to them? 7,000 have sought exemptions. The rest have to get vaccinated by June 30th. We're talking about 13% of the National Guard force when you include the reservists. So the question before us is, is the military still really willing to do this? Vaccines lessen the severity of symptoms. We have, I believe, proven this. But vaccines do not stop you from getting COVID. And a vaccine never prevents you from spreading COVID ever. You will even note that there's no studies that you have seen or been discussed in any way publicly that discuss the idea that if you're vaccinated, somehow the disease you spread is lessened. There's nothing about that. I mean, I know it's been a long time since we've had a COVID conversation. The vaccine only reduces the symptom in you. It doesn't reduce what could be spread. So there is no point to forcing these people to be vaccinated because there's also no discussion in here of the idea of natural immunity, which we know is real. The guards vaccine percentage is the lowest in the military. You've got active duty Army, Navy, Air Force, and the Marine Corps at 97% or greater. The Air Guard is at 94%. The Army is reporting 90% of Army Reserve Forces were partially or completely vaccinated. You really going to give up on 60,000 Guard members and reservists? All right, let's see you try. Let's see you do it. We will see how worse off the nation is because of this. By the way, if I was president of the United States, I would get rid of the vaccine requirement immediately. And anybody within the Department of Defense who objected, I would then uh, uh, demote to private and then fire. I, I mean, dishonorably discharge. Gone. You can tell me that in the military, there are rules. And you can tell me in the military, there's a price to pay for not following the rules. I'll agree wholeheartedly. There is something very wrong with forcing vaccine on people that doesn't have an effect outward. Doesn't stop spread. There is something very wrong with telling people who may question the validity of the vaccine, considering how fast it came on board. Well, too bad. You just have to trust us. There's something very wrong with that indeed. And if you're willing to give up 60,000 troops, well, I think that's crazy. But, Tony, if you don't say goodbye to the 60,000 troops, now there is no chain of command, and they're in charge, and what else can they put pressure on? Well, I don't know. What else would you let them put pressure on? 
This is about one specific thing. I'm sure you can find nine soldiers somewhere uh, or, or reservists somewhere who have a, a beef about this or a beef about that. Where else do you have a concentration of 60,000? This is about a vaccine of 60,000 troops said, I don't want to go fight that war. Enjoy your time in jail. And you're going to spend every day in jail. Then I can keep you in jail. I got a real thing for the chain of command. I think it's incredibly important. Massively important. You, you, you uh, don't go to fight when you're supposed to go to fight. You're gone. This is about them not wanting to be injected with something, not them not willing to do their job. And in two years, they may feel differently. You have no reason, no need to fire them. Considering when you put it out there, you had everybody living in fear, and now everybody lives in facts. Oh, I shouldn't say everybody. Some people still live in fear. My God, some people love being afraid. I think some people love being afraid uh, in, in, in a very sexually excited state. Like, like it, totally, it totally moves them, gives them purpose and stuff. They, they love it. I, I don't know why. They love to be afraid, but they love to be afraid. It's very, very weird. It's, it's very, very weird. It, it's, it's like a fetish. You know, being afraid of COVID, being afraid of this. Their safe word is ivermectin. They're just scared. They, they love being scared out of their minds. Maybe these reservists aren't scared. They're just they they've seen some results from these vaccines and they're they're bothered. They've got natural immunity and they don't feel the need to take it. And maybe they'll feel differently two years from now. And then your number of sixty thousand might only be thirty four thousand eight hundred. And then five years after that, it might be 12,200. I think that's a better approach. I think we've learned that threatening people's jobs wasn't a good approach. It's a very un-American approach. It's an indecent approach. I think the military should put an end to their approach right now. I'm Tony Katz.